Okay, um, I'm gonna just do a brief intro. I'm really bad at this. <laughs> so, uh, hello everyone. Um, welcome to Grown Woman. Uh, this is episode number two, and I am really, really, really excited to be interviewing my friend um, Tracy Levy. It's so weird saying your <laughs> married, my married name. name. Um, yes. <laughs> um, and so Tracy is an amazing person, and I cannot wait to jump in and talk to you all with her about um, her business, her life, everything that she's accomplished. Um, and Tracy has the best business name ever, and she will agree. <laughs> Sorry, I just caught you when you took a sip of water. Um, but so Tracy's business is Kale with a Side of Fries, which I think we can all agree is the best business name ever. Um, and Tracy is a health and wellness coach. Um, so welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Christina. This is so fun. Good. I'm so glad you're here. Yeah. Um, well, technically, you're not. You're in your own home. And yes. You're sitting on my couch. I am here. You are not here. Yes. You're on the show. Um, okay. So, Tracy, can you talk about who you are, your business? I really wanted to have you on because, number one, you've been so helpful for me in um, not only just a business perspective, you've been so supportive of my job job transitions, life in general. Um, but you've also just been a great person that I can talk to about all things health and wellness and when I'm feeling off or um, if I just want to talk to you about a subject matter. I, we're both so interested in nutrition and wellness and we have a very similar approach to just how we think about those things. And um, I just wanted to really know more about how you came to be Kale with a Side of Fries mm -hmm. um, and why you made this transition. So what led you to starting your own business uh, and, and taking the jump from, I know you were working in a corporate atmosphere and you made this huge jump. So who are you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will give you uh, the background of my story and okay. how I got here. So in 2000, we'll go back to about 2000 maybe eight, I believe it was. And uh, I was running a 5K race with my dad. It was Thanksgiving weekend. And I felt like something weird in my groin was like pulled or I pulled a muscle or something. And fast forward a couple of weeks, I realized it actually fractured my hip. What? And I, yeah, and I was really young at the time. And so it was very shocking for someone of that age. You know, we never really figured out exactly what happened? We thought maybe it was my bone density. Maybe it was my sneakers. Freak accident. I don't know. So I'm in physical therapy um, after, you know, a little bit of recovery time. And my physical therapist is a marathon runner. And so she was like talking to me all about her marathons. And it got me really excited about running longer races and just sort of proving to myself that I can go through sort of this traumatic experience with my hip and come out on the other side and you know, run a race. Yeah. But I never really thought I could do a marathon. That was not really in the cards for me. So I started training for a half marathon and I got into the New York City half um, end of 2009 for 2010. Wow. Love that. So yeah. So it was really <laughs> exciting. It was actually right around the holidays. I remember where I was when I got the email. It was super exciting. Um, but as I started to train, I was following a specific training program. I realized that I didn't know how to eat for my body. Mm. And I was, you know, running tons of miles a week and just exercising way more than I was used to. And I was a pretty healthy-minded person. I grew up in a really healthy home. My mom and dad have always been very, very health conscious. But it was a totally different animal, you know, yeah. like running all these miles each week. So I hired a health coach. I never even heard of a health coach before. 
my sister-in-law knew someone from college who had gone to the school that I eventually went to, Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And uh, I brought her sort of, or I I started working with her for about a month, maybe four or five weeks or something. Mm -hmm. And I met with her every week. And it was literally life-changing, both in the moment for what I hired her for, and then of course, down the road for, you know, where I am today. But um, she brought me to the grocery store. She walked me around different aisles, showed me different foods that were going to fuel me, foods that I should avoid, um, great foods for post-working out, pre-working out. Like it was just really eye-opening. So I'm doing that. I ran the race. It was amazing. I've since then run two more. So I ran three in total. Um, Remains to be seen if I end up running more than that, but you know, <laughs> yeah. For now, three That's is good. A, a pretty great accomplishment because yes. I have run a total of zero. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that could be a goal of yours yeah, one day. Totally. It is really, I have to say, it's super like exciting when you're on race day and there's tons yeah. of people cheering you on, and it's just like a really cool environment. That's awesome. Um, so so in that time period though, I was working in corporate sales, and I'd had a bunch of jobs. I sort of jumped around a little bit. Couldn't really find my footing. And I've always been really entrepreneurial and really like wanting to do something on my own, but I didn't have any clue what that was going to be. So I then transitioned to a different job, which was even more corporate than where I was when all this sort of started. And I was just really unhappy. Mm. It was taking a toll on my energy levels, my health. I was snacking all day. I was drinking Diet Cokes to stay awake and have more energy and like just really not being healthy at all. And I remember calling this girl, this coach back and not as much to hire her, but more to say like, how did you do this business? Like not only for myself, but like, I want to go back to school. I want to learn all the things and I want to help people because I know I'm not the only one that's struggling. Yeah. And we talked about it and then I didn't do anything. And then like a year and a half later is when um, I finally took the plunge. So it was 2013. Or 14, now I can't even remember, 2013 or 14, something like that, where I ended up going back to school um, and going to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, which is where um, the coach that I had hired had gone. How long was that program? It was a year. Okay. Yeah, so it was a full year, and it was cool because it was broken out into three different segments. So, of course, nutrition was like the main focus. Then they also taught you marketing, um, you know, stuff that you needed to know, like how to start, like how to, how to market. Stuff. Yeah, very technical <laughs> stuff. Um, and then also just like business stuff. So, you know, how to get an LLC or to become a sole proprietor or, you know, what to do with your taxes or ideas for like financial stuff, like how to save and, you know, really like how to start a business. Yeah. So I had a little bit of the business background from that. Um, and their goal is to have you start your own practice. That's really great because I feel like, not a lot of people know that if you are joining a program to maybe even look for a program that integrates marketing and then basically business prep into the program. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you had not done that, if you had gone into a program that didn't do that, you probably would have felt a little lost and not really have known. I mean, you would have been able to pull everything together, but it probably would have been a little more overwhelming, I'm assuming. Yeah, and just... (laughs) Yeah, like harder because when you're starting your own business, it's scary. You don't yeah. you don't really know what to expect. You don't know what it's going to be like. How am I going to get clients? How am I going to make money? Mm-hmm. What's how do I put one foot in front of the other to actually know what the next step is? Yeah. So this gave me a good foundation, and I would say it was relatively top line, but it was enough for mm-hmm. me to say like I can open the doors. Yeah. You know, like I know what I need to do. I know what things I can table and maybe not do immediately, mm-hmm. because that's one of the biggest um, things that I think entrepreneurs struggle with is 
feeling like they have to do everything all at once. And it's like, well, if I don't have my website up and I, if I don't have this and I don't have that, then I can't open the doors. Oh, yeah. I mean, just when I came to you to talk to you about wanting to do this podcast, you were like, just do it. Yeah. Like, you don't need a website. You don't need all these things. And I think it's really, really great for people um, to hear that, for young women to hear that when they're just starting. Um, I think we live in an era where everything like is quote unquote needing to be tailored Mm -hmm. to look perfect and be perfect. So it's really, really hard to take action. It's really, really hard to know when is that moment where you can take action. So when do you think was that moment where you were like, okay, I'm ready to take action? Because you had that moment before Mm -hmm. where you were really excited after you met um, and started working with your health coach and she told you everything that you could do to get there. Um, And then you had that moment where you did it and I'm sure that made a huge difference in your confidence and your approach to your lifestyle, obviously. Yeah. Um, but when did you, after you went through this training and after you had these tools, these like top level tools, when was that moment where you were like, okay, I'm doing this now? And what did that look like for you? So it's interesting actually. And just so people know how we met, because it yeah. actually sort of makes sense in this, <laughs> yeah. in this answer, is that we're in a business networking group together. Mm-hmm. So the girl who had started the group that we are in together, I had known her for many years. Um, she was our original president of the group and she created the chapter. She sort of spun off from a different one that she mm-hmm. was in. We can give her a shout out. Uh, okay, Jen, Jen Gluckow. <laughs> Jen Gluckow. Um, yes, <laughs> who was the president of our chapter. But I've known Jen since I was in high school. We have a mutual best friend. And so Jen had started her business. She's a sales trainer and an author. And she had started her business about a year and a half before I did. So about halfway into um, IIN's program, I called her, which was around the summertime. Um, And I called her. And it was 2014 now, I actually remember. 2014. And I called her just to sort of say, like, how did you do this? Like, how do you get yourself off the ground? She said, I'm in all these networking groups. You should come visit and join. And I was like, I don't know. No, like, I'm scared. Like, what am I even going to talk about? Like, I didn't have a business name. And again, it was all those things that hold people back. It's, I don't have a name. I don't have a website. I don't have a business card. I can't. And I was totally that person. I was like, I can't do it. So this was maybe like June, July. She called me back in October. And she said, I'm spinning off this new networking group. You need to come. It's brand new. You won't be intimidated. Everyone is brand new. Just show up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, like I have, you know, I was graduating in a month, about a month and a half from then, um, from the program. And I was like, I have to do something. Yeah. So I went to Staples. I got the ugliest business cards, <laughs> like known to man for like the cheapest price I could ever find. I printed like a hundred of them. I had no idea what to expect. <laughs> They're like cosmic oh things. They're so ugly. I actually could probably still find oh them. Oh my God, please. You have to frame it. I should probably frame it because it was like the first iteration of Kale with the Sign People of Fries. People walk into your home like, um... What is this? (laughs) But that's seriously what it was. I was like, all right, like, I don't even know what I'm saying. I did actually at that point have the name. I'd come up with Kale with a side of fries sometime. Thank you. Um, (laughs) I do. I really love that name. And I think it really encapsulates who I am as a person, who the business Mm -hmm. is, you know, what the business is and how I coach. So it all sort of fell into place. Um, But yeah, that was kind of what catapulted me because I went to this meeting. It was actually um, just another side story of this is that my niece was born on November 11th my very first niece, and it was a Monday, and I remember this because she was born like 
really late at night or we were in the hospital like super late at night so like 1 2 a.m and the first meeting was the next morning tuesday morning oh, at like 7 a.m and i committed to jen and i was like i have to go to this thing so i basically stayed up all night oh my God. and went to this first meeting and i was like i don't know what i'm saying i don't know what i'm doing and for those who don't um, know in BNI, which is Business Networking International, which is the group that we're both in, mm-hmm. you have to get up. Um, each person gets up and gives like a little, we call it a commercial, like about your business. Yep. And I was like, I don't have anything to say. I'm on no sleep. I, I don't have a business. I don't even know what this is. And I just did. Yeah. And then at the end of the meeting, they, you know, offered people membership. I was yep. like, this is the way. Like, how else am I going to get known and get out there and feel comfortable talking about myself and my business? And so I joined on the spot. And that was the catapult to the business. That's great. I mean, that's amazing. I feel so similar in that. So I, like I, like you said, we met through BNI. And I came to the chapter working for an organization I used to work for. Um, and... I just remember I went to one BNI before then, and I remember feeling like very strange about it because it was just very formal. Mm-hmm. And then I came to our chapter, and it, that energy was amazing. We literally sound like we're doing a BNI commercial. Right I know. Now. I'm so sorry, <laughs> for everyone, but um, I was like, "Oh, this energy is amazing," and I. But I felt so safe, and I felt um, like people understood uh, where I was in in my. Um, business and also my personality Mm -hmm. just I felt like I really gelled with people but it took me a year to actually join and I joined in secret um and my um former employer didn't know right and you knew that Mm -hmm. um but but it was that moment where um actually Jen was still the president at the time and she came up to me after a while because I had kind of like come in like the wind and came out and would come back because I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, and she came up to me and she just went, are you going to join? <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And it is one of those moments where you can see the benefit of, of something that you can relate to with your business. You can see the benefit of other people. You can see when other people, people's ears perk up when you're talking about your business. Um, and that gives you the confidence to talk more about it. Yes. And so I think it was that moment where I was like, this is going to be really valuable for me personally. Mm-hmm. And you had that similar moment where, yes. um, you know, how many years later now? Four. Four? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Um, yeah. And this has been the biggest income generator for you. Is that right? Um, or is it more like just connecting? Uh, it was, so it was the biggest yeah, income generator yeah. for me. I don't know that it still is, but it, it ebbs and flows. Right, right. Um, yeah. But definitely at the beginning, it mm-hmm. definitely was. I mean, all of the clients that I got from the beginning were through BNI. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of spins out because it's mm-hmm. like you get referred from the people either in the group or their referral. So it's hard to always know. It's like spiders totally. out. I think it does totally ebb and flow because um, it's it's just something where it depends on the people in the room. It depends on the season. And yes. it's it's really exciting. Again, definitely feel like we're doing a B&I. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but one thing that really, really struck me from that particular story is um, the power of female networking and yes. the power of yes. female-driven support Mm -hmm. because basically you felt comfortable enough to find a person who you knew was doing something you wanted to do who was networking or growing their business in a way um in a way in which you wanted to grow your business and so you felt comfortable enough to reach out to 
a fellow woman and mm-hmm. say, hey, you are an entrepreneur, you're a female entrepreneur, I'm going to talk to you about what you're doing and, and just be really open and transparent about what I need in my business. And that person didn't shut a door on you. No. They totally opened a door for you and they said, I want to help you. Here's how you can do this. This is what I've done. I'm going to be transparent with you. I'm going to share what I'm doing. And I think that is so, so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually one of the reasons why I started this podcast yeah. is because I think those conversations aren't happening enough. And I think that they might be happening, but we don't necessarily know that they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we are in an era where there are a lot of conversations like that happening, but I think the power of female-driven networking is huge. And the power of being brave enough to ask someone <laughs> um, and not thinking that they're going to be judgmental of you where you are is really, really huge. Um, how has that come to play in your business moving forward from that point it's been huge and again I know it's funny it sounds like this is a B&I commercial but but it's but I guess it's more just and even if it wasn't B&I but this just the people the the women that I've met in the group Mm -hmm. obviously you and very much included but have been like coworkers for me because Mm -hmm. when you are you know I am a solo solopreneur you know I work on my own oftentimes I work from home or from coffee shops and it can be very isolating you know I don't have the coworker that I can turn to and say hey would you respond like this or about my pricing, you know, with that and, you know, just all the typical questions that come up mm-hmm. as you are moving through your business. So the women that I've met through BNI and then, you know, through those people have met other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been, I mean, so transformative for me because it is like a sisterhood. Yeah. Um, and I'm able to like ask the questions and feel safe and get these really honest opinions. Like there's no jealousy. There's no, no. fear of like, if I share this thing, like you're going to run with my idea or mm-hmm. steal this or, you know, dr- bring me in the wrong direction. It's like everyone wants to lift each other up and watch mm-hmm. the other person succeed. Yeah. Um, at least the, the females that I've met through, just through having a business. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's been amazing for me. And there have definitely been some good guys too, but there is like an amazing <laughs> sisterhood yeah. that I've met through networking. Well, it's so interesting because I completely agree. And that's one of the reasons why I continue to stay and I continue to um, network because I saw the benefit of it. And then I've also just received so much support from the other women in the group. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm so I'm on the leadership team or not leadership team, membership team for our networking group. And, um, you know, it is primarily um, male driven. And I'm one of a few females on the team. And there are moments where, you know, uh, one person and I will connect and um, a woman and I will connect and, and we'll be like, hey, I got your back mm-hmm. during this conversation. Yeah. And it's so interesting um, to be at a table and kind of see that come to play. Um, one of the examples I love is actually during the Obama administration, uh, the women uh, at the table would actually highlight each other's work Mm. um, so it would be more recognized and more noticed and um, President Obama picked up on that and he started like amplifying more uh, of the work via his female employees which um, love him miss him oh seriously Um, (laughs) the whole family please please Um, and so 
I want to talk more about your work specifically because mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you have a number of wonderful programs and your approach is really wonderful. Um, and I'm curious how you developed those programs um, when you first started, how did your business look versus now? Yeah. Um, so I think we should start there. So when you first started, what did your business look like? Completely different um, <laughs> than this. And the main reasons are they only worked with clients individually mm-hmm. and I used to travel to them. So those were the two biggest things that I was doing at the time. So I would have a client in um, you know, one part of New York and then like an hour and a half later have to be like on the complete opposite end of the island. And it was very challenging for me, yeah. but that's how I felt it was important to connect with these new people that I was trying to work with or that I was working with is I have to come to you. Either sit in your living room or be at the coffee shop next door or be in your kitchen with you cooking. And I mean, I think it was it was an okay place to start. I kind of didn't know any better, mm-hmm. but it was very, very draining. And yeah. It was very difficult to have a, like a number of clients at a time because I just didn't have that many hours in the day. Like I had to factor in travel time and you know time for me. And and I found um, about a year or so in that I was talking to people about like you know, healthy habits and all these great things that I was teaching them and I wasn't having healthy habits. Mm -hmm. I was skipping lunch. I wasn't bringing food with me that I wanted to eat. I was running and grabbing whatever I could and it was like, these are the things that I'm teaching other people to change and to to do and I'm not doing it. So I had to make a shift, which was really hard. Um, At around a year, around this time, I also hired a business coach and that was really, really transformative for me because at the time she was like, you need to do what's best for you. Like it's it's the, the age old, like you can't pour from an empty right. cup, you know? And yeah. I w- was sort of like that because it's like, I'm traveling here and I'm doing this and I'm not eating lunch and I'm exhausted and I can't keep up. And also how many clients can I possibly bring on before like my head explodes, yeah. <laughs> you know? Basically, yeah. yes. <laughs> so I changed everything. Um, I really only kept very few people in very few situations um, where I would go to them. And I still have that in some cases. So one thing that I love to do is grocery shop with people. I love, love, love taking them to the store. But now instead of offering that to everybody, I only offer that if it makes sense or if it's something that I think that they need, right? Like it doesn't have to just be a thing. So most of my coaching, I would say about 90 to 95% is virtual, either by phone or by video like Skype or Zoom. Yeah. And that has changed everything for me oh I'm sure um and for them too I think people really like being in their own environment having these conversations because it's a vulnerable topic oh totally and maybe they don't want to sit face to face with me maybe they don't want to be in a coffee shop where other people can hear them yeah um so it just it I think it was a really good shift for both parties Mm -hmm. and certainly opened me up and gave me more of an opportunity to to treat myself with the same self-love and care that I'm telling them to treat themselves with. Yeah. Um, so that was really helpful. Yeah. Um, and then also I added in group coaching along the way. So I do still do individual, um, which is really great, but I love, love, love group coaching. Mm-hmm. That's like my passion is bringing a whole bunch of people together and watching them support, lift each other up and help each other along the way. So it's not just from me. Yeah. I always say like, I'm, I'm like your little cheerleader on the side. Um, and like your support system but in a group you also have all these other people who are experiencing similar things to you you know like the difficult days and the moments where you're craving things that you want but maybe you shouldn't have and you can reach out through the Facebook group Mm -hmm. through live Q&A's that I have on video calls and stuff so there's other ways that people can um, like get motivated and feel that support 
Yes, I am part of the Healthy Fry Club. Yes, <laughs> hub. From the Healthy hub. Fry Hub, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I just like alliteration, so it's the HFH, <laughs> which is like a partial alliteration. Yeah. Um, yes. Thank you. That's my Facebook group. Yes, it is the Facebook group, and it's super fun, and Tracy is super motivating, and she posts a lot of things that are hilarious and <laughs> wonderful, and just lovely. I like fun memes, so there's yes. definitely memes in there. <laughs> um. So when it comes to your program and your group coaching versus mm-hmm. individual coaching, um, and thank you for sharing that arc of mm-hmm. how that happened, I'm curious of what the message you are um, distilling, about the message you're distilling. And um, I wanted to talk to you about the clients who come to you mm-hmm. and their stories. So how are people putting your coaching into action like mm. what are you what tools are you giving them yeah so great question um because my whole approach is that everyone's body is really unique and that's the way that i i look at all clients so even when you come into a group coaching program and there might be you know the same recipe that i'm giving you or maybe the same type of advice it's going to be individualized and customized because all of our bodies are unique and different yeah. So that's like the first thing that I like to sort of get out there is that that's why I don't totally believe in or really don't believe in traditional diets and, you know, all these diet books and fads that people go on because they don't typically work because all of our bodies need different things to be fueled and different things slow different people down. I mean, there's some generalizations out there, right? Like sugar, for example, is going to make everyone feel a little bit tired, but, um, you know, certain healthy foods for me might not be the same healthy foods for you. So... When someone comes to me, almost always, but not every time, but most of the time, I have them go through some kind of detox or elimination. Because I think this gives them the best education and gives me really the best um, information and education into their body and what intolerances or allergies or aversions their body might be experiencing to certain foods, whether they're typically considered healthy foods or unhealthier foods. But like gluten is a great example because gluten is something that people tend to generally try to stay away from because it sounds like it's not healthy and it sounds like, you know, because people talk about it. It's like the, it's a, it's sort of a fat or a thing that you should be gluten-free, but not everyone needs to be gluten-free. And so if we go through this elimination diet and we find out that actually your body totally tolerates gluten, then why shouldn't you have it? You know, and why should you be buying gluten-free pasta when you don't need that? Mm-hmm. So that's one of the first things that, that we do. And I think, again, it's really, really important to get that education yeah. for them. And then it's about creating the healthy habit changes and things that are actually going to last. So I'm all about things that last. I don't like things that are quick fixes. I don't like crash diets or crash programs because, again, they don't work. And they're really bad for your metabolism, correct? Very bad for your metabolism, yes. And the yeah. more you do them, the more you'll start to notice that, especially yeah. as we age and get a little bit older. You'll notice that your body doesn't bounce back the same way. That's what I thought because I see a lot of people who are not supplementing their workouts correctly, mm-hmm. like who will post certain things online or, or say certain things where – I just have a feeling, and I, again, do not know this, but I'm just like, maybe you're not getting enough protein with that, or maybe you're not getting enough of, enough carbohydrates or even fats, and, um, like, a lot of people doing keto right now, yeah. and a lot of people just completely cutting out carbs. It, it just seems off. Well, I, sorry, that's just, like, a total wrench in what you are saying, but it no, just but seems like... that. 
this kind of crash diet approach or like incredibly strict Mm -hmm. diet approach um number one feels so unbelievably unrealistic um and then number two seems to me like you would be wreaking havoc on your body yeah is that correct a hundred percent okay and i think like the two bit like i was just asked this actually earlier this week like what are the fads right now what are the things that people are asking you about keto is one and intermittent fasting is the second those are sort of the things of the moment and they change right if you'd asked me a year Mm -hmm. ago it'd be something different but these are the things that are hot right now you know you hear maybe Halle Berry's doing keto and it's like oh I'm gonna do keto and look like her yeah but the reality is that um and this is not for everyone it's not across the board but things like this are just not sustainable Mm -hmm. so it does wreak havoc on your body and and potentially being in the state of ketosis for example like may actually work for some people but are you committed to to doing that lifestyle long term Mm -hmm. and if you're not then you're in ketosis out of ketosis in ketosis out of you know and that is not great yeah. Um, same thing with intermittent fasting. You're starving yourself, but you're doing it for an intended purpose. But if you're just not eating to not eat, like I don't believe in that. I believe in three meals a day. I believe in having snacks and fueling your body. If intermittent fasting works for you and you can maintain that for the long term, then perhaps, you know, mm-hmm. not across the board, I have to know more about you and your story, <laughs> but like, perhaps that would work. But I think that most people do these things as like a fad diet or a quick way to lose weight. Yeah. Like, oh, I hear that if you just cut carbs and eat a whole bunch of, you know, olive oil and whatever, like, <laughs> I'll, you know, I'll lose all this weight. And you sure will, but you're going to gain it back. Because, you know, when I know somebody who did keto and was literally taking shots of olive oil. I think I know this person. Well. <laughs> yes, I know the same person. <laughs> right? And, and what happened? It wasn't sustainable for him. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, if you think about it, I mean, olive oil, yeah, it's good for you, but it is very caloric and it is high in fat. And it's like... Too much fat is too much fat. But it's also like, wouldn't couldn't you balance that out like with half an avocado right. or right. something else? Yes. <laughs> and I don't totally really believe in cutting entire food groups. Unless, of course, you need you to. have a reaction. Yes. I see. Okay. But to cut a whole food group, like why? Like carbs actually are good for you. There's such a misconception with that. It's just about what are the right carbs, mm-hmm. right? Like, no, Wonder Bread. I, I do not advise people to go to the store yeah. and buy Wonder Bread. But, you know, like, why can't you have quinoa and brown rice, you know, with your dinner? I, I don't, personally, I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah. Um, and there are plenty of other healthy carbs as well. I think it's important to have that balance, mm-hmm. um, which, of course, is the kale with a side of fries way, right? Yeah, but it's not totally. just balance of, like, eating fries, but it's like, you know, apples have carbs, bananas have carbs. Like, should we just not have those? Mm-hmm. I just don't, I think it's too extreme. Yeah, no, I, that, I mean, I love your approach. I've yeah. done that before. <laughs> um, but I wanted to then ask you, okay, for someone listening and they're wondering, okay, well, what, how would I even go about understanding if I can have gluten or not or if I have if I am lactose intolerant or if I do have a huge reaction to a type of food you said um you know you typically have an elimination diet that Mm -hmm. you start your clients with um I've also heard about blood testing to Mm -hmm. look at um what is in your blood or how your blood reacts to certain foods um can you elaborate more on how people can get started in understanding how their body might react to certain foods and what fuels them? Yes. The first thing I want to say, um, will sort of indirectly answer your question and then I'll go back, is that there is a healthy swap for pretty much every single thing. So Mm -hmm. if you are lactose intolerant, if you are gluten intolerant, 
there are so many options now. And even if you would ask me this like five, 10 years ago, it was a completely different landscape in the grocery store. Right. But we are so lucky now that there are, you know, vegan cheeses and, you know, that are really good actually, mm-hmm. um, you know, and gluten-free things that are the right thing for someone who is needing to be gluten-free. Yeah. Um, where you don't feel like you're suffering. So that's the first thing I want to put out there that if you do realize this or you're thinking you might be somebody who, you know, doesn't react well to certain things or soy, for example, like is a biggie, then it's okay because there's always going to be a healthy swap. So you don't feel like you can't have, you know, your Asian night, you know, making a stir fry. I can give you a great healthy swap for soy sauce instead of traditional soy sauce, which just may not work for your body. So that's the first thing I just want to say out there because that's, that's important that people know that and they feel like, you're not going to have to give these things up in like such a way. Like I can never have cheese again. And that's such a sad <laughs> Flip thought, a right? table. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, like, no. Like, you know, just tears for days. Like, you know. <laughs> be me. Be right. Like, yeah. No. I know. Like, and that's a big one for people, you know, because they're like, well, mm-hmm. I don't want to give this up. And it's like, well, yeah. let's just try the healthy swap and see if right. it replaces it for you. Totally. You know? Um, so that's one thing. So blood testing. That's a great question. I, I love talking about blood testing because it can be somewhat effective. It is not 100% effective. Okay. Um, it would not be my choice of first things that you do for multiple reasons. The first, and not in any particular order, is that it can be expensive. Mm-hmm. Doing a traditional elimination diet is free. So that's a great place to start, I think. Um, but they're not 100% accurate. The most accurate way to test if you have an intolerance or an allergy to food is through an elimination diet. Okay. Is through removing the food for a certain period of time usually 21 days is what I recommend, Mm -hmm. and then bringing the food back in a really specific way so that you can tell, am I reacting? What's happening to me? And it's not just, does my stomach hurt? That's the other thing I want to say, because there's so many other things that affect affect us that we don't even always, you know, think about or realize. Like people who have acne on their back, that's usually a sign of an allergy or an intolerance to food. It's not necessarily the soap you're using, right? Or like, whatever sunscreen or something um it's your internal system trying to tell you that something's not right yeah i did the whole 30 um Mm -hmm. and i did not finish it by the way um because i actually got really sick during the whole 30 just with a cold Mm -hmm. and i ended up being like well my fiance was like you have to have honey and tea and so i started doing that but what I noticed after the Whole30 is when I had toast, I broke out. Mm-hmm. And I also, my skin looked way different. Yeah. Um, and I've heard dandruff can be affected by your diet. Um, just everything across the board, I'm sure you've seen. Oh, yeah. Um, so you would recommend an elimination diet for folks. Um, yes. And what comes after that once you start reintegrating? So then it's, it's determining what foods do you want to either lessen in your, in your diet or potentially eliminate from your diet if it's going to cause you such extreme reactions. Like for you, I don't know. You know, and I always say to people, like one, my, one of my catchphrases for clients is, is it worth it? Right. Um, and then I always follow that up with, sometimes it is. Mm-hmm. Right? So sometimes for someone who, you know, can't have gluten or dairy, but they go to a wedding and they know that cake is going to be absolutely amazing, like it's probably worth it. But you just have to know what might come next. Yeah. You might break out. You might get a bellyache. You might feel emotional. Emotional um, reactions are really common also with food allergies and intolerances that people don't associate also, yeah. which is really interesting. So, But anyway, I, I would say that it's starting to really come up with a, a plan for yourself. And I don't mean like a plan, like a strict meal plan. 
Because again, that's that's restrict. That's restrict can be restrictive, mm-hmm. but it's just sort of knowing. Like, okay, I used to eat pasta when I was out at restaurants, but I shouldn't be eating gluten. Instead, I'll save my pasta for when I'm home. I can get chickpea or black bean pasta, make it, and then when mm-hmm. I'm out, maybe I get you know chicken or fish. I don't know something like that, totally. right? So you still get the thing, but maybe not in the same way. Yeah. Um, you just start to look at your diet, your life, where you frequent, um, what you're craving and how you can fit it in, but maybe in a slightly different way. That's really great because I, we live in New York City and people are constantly busy here or love talking about how they're constantly <laughs> busy here. <Yes>. Um, <laughs> and I really, really connect with the energy level work you do because it what you put into your body when you are busy can increase your production or you know have it just be thrown into the trash oh yeah and I know you have a program specifically targeted for that Mm -hmm. um but what are some things that people can do uh to really once they do this eliminate elimination diet and you're talking about you know going out to a restaurant okay so I'm gonna have alternative pasta when I come home because I know the next day I have a huge meeting I don't want to feel like shit yeah like I don't want to do that and I think your work really ties into supporting people's lifestyles to the best ability. Um, so what can people do to really like monitor their energy levels and and work on that specific so, piece? Yeah. So the biggest drain for people's energy is sugar. Mm-hmm. I mean, just hands down across the board. But the problem is sugar doesn't only look the way that you might be picturing sugar when I say that word, yeah. right? It's not just a cookie or a piece of cake or a brownie or ice cream, but it comes in the form of white and you know processed carbs and it can come you know when in dressings or it's a hidden i would say sugar is like hidden in a lot of places yeah. in dressings in sauces in um you know processed foods in junk food and fast food and bacon yes right all these other places right so it's hidden so you might think that you're getting um you're eating something good for you but in reality you're zapping your energy so I think it's also really important to know again what foods fuel you what foods slow you down the elimination diet will start to to show that for you because you're going to have such a surge of energy while you're going through this process. Yeah. So you'll see like, oh man, I didn't realize like, you know, that I eat bagels every morning for breakfast. And when I don't have a bagel, I have a muffin. In reality, when you ingest that, it looks exact on the inside, it looks exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Your body doesn't determine whether you're having a blueberry muffin or a bagel with cream cheese. It doesn't care. It's all turning into sugar. Because it's alternating to sugar and then it's being processed through your body Um and it's being turned into energy, but insulin, right? Yes. yes. And it's spiking. Spiking. So it's spiking you. Yeah. So you get this surge, right? Like you have your coffee and bagel in the morning and maybe you're feeling really good, but then like an hour or two later, you're going to crash. Mm-hmm. And then what are you going to want? Your body's going to send out signals, need more sugar. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's when you have a Coke or a Diet Coke, or that's when you have like a mid-morning snack. Depends on what you have, right? But the same process can happen where if you have like a soda or maybe um, a muffin at that point, I don't know, like something, it can spike you again. So, okay, I've got the surge and then you drop and then you go to lunch and then you have a sandwich and then you spike and you drop Mm -hmm. and it can happen all day long. Yeah, and and there, I mean, I used to be that person at 3 Mm p.m. where I would be like, I need a coffee and a cookie. Yeah. Like that's my treat for the day for working so hard. And I would go get a coffee and a cookie, not every day, but I would be like, all right, now's the time. Mm -hmm. 
because I would be literally at my desk just like, oh my God, how am I going to get through these next two hours? And what I wasn't doing was balancing my blood sugar right? and ensuring that I'm actually cruising through this uh, and and not crashing. So is that what you're saying, essentially? Yes. And I think the problem is that our bodies put out signals. So our bodies actually are addicted to sugar. And it's the same addiction um, placed in our brains as cocaine and heroin. So somebody's fun time. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah, it's very exciting. Um, But it is. It's a dangerous drug, sugar, because Mm -hmm. it sends out the same signals of need more, need more, need more. Can't stop telling you I need more until I get it. So if I were to tell you instead of your coffee and a cookie, you know, back then if I said have some hummus and celery, you'd be like, get out of here. That's not what my body wants, right? Like I don't want that. But if you're eating consistently foods that are energizing you and keeping you full and your blood sugar stable throughout the day, you might actually have more interest and more appetite for something like that, Mm -hmm. for hummus or maybe a hard boiled egg or maybe some guacamole or whatever. I could list a hundred different things that you could have, you know, at 3 p.m. when you're crashing that's actually going to keep your blood sugar stable and keep you energized versus what you were doing. I'm just using you because you no, said it. Fine, but yeah. what most people are doing is they're having something like that and then they might be spiked for a few, but then they're going to crash again. Mm-hmm. And then their body's going to send out more signals, need more cookies, need pasta, need pizza, whatever it is. And that's what you're going to go have for dinner. Mm-hmm. And then the cycle just continues. Yeah. So the healthier that you can keep your body, and I don't just mean hummus and celery, but just in terms of your blood sugar all day, mm-hmm. you're going to have less of those crashes, spikes and crashes. And then you're going to be more apt to want to eat foods that are going to continue to fuel you versus something like that, which is actually going to slow you down. Absolutely. And I think that, number one, most of us do not have this type of an education around nutrition. Um, And we're taught that snacks are primarily sugar-based snacks. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also being in New York City, we have the immense privilege of stepping outside of our doors and being able to pick up something almost anywhere. Mm -hmm. And... Yet, there are some incredibly unhealthy options that are available in coffee shops or in bodegas and things like that where, you know, we see something that is just pure sugar or will be transformed in our body to be just pure sugar um, instead of fuel. And it's really, really easy to make the decision to choose the coffee and the cookie or the coffee and the croissant Mm -hmm. or the type of sandwich that might not be the best for us. Um, what are some things that people can do when they are, you know, in a rush or in a hurry to get somewhere? Um, I'm sure you have like pre-planning the items that you should do, um, planning ahead. But you know, if you're running from meeting to meeting, like, what are some things that people can do to fuel themselves and like really yeah. just make sure they're keeping that blood sugar? level um where it needs to be so a couple of things so prep of course is like you know you can read my eyes as I'm looking at you thinking like like, girl I see that prep going yes the preparation (laughs) is the number one thing and I could talk for like hours on the importance of preparation how to prep and why it's a lifesaver but I guess if you're not prepped right or if you don't have something with you um but I do think it's important to keep some things with you in your bag at your desk at work yeah you know so you're always ready if you do get starving or if maybe I don't know, you're rushing around and don't have time to grab something. Um, But if you do have to run out to, you know, a bodega or somewhere else, it's looking for the thing that is the most clean. So like nuts. And, you know, and sometimes people roll their eyes when I say nuts. Like, oh, I know that I'm bored of nuts. But nuts are an amazing snack because you don't eat a lot of them. They're really good um, in terms of fat, 
really good fat. And they keep you, they're protein, so it keeps you really full. So again, you don't need much. Like if I told you that you only needed like between 12 and 15 almonds, you could probably eat that in one handful. Mm -hmm. But if you had one at a time, I promise you by the end of 15 almonds, you're going to be good. Yeah. So it's kind of this crazy thing where like you don't need a ton to actually fuel what your body needs in that moment. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. Another thing is fruit. But I always like to say fruit paired with something else. So like if you have an apple, could you also have a couple of almonds with it? Because it's going to slow, again, blood sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, even though fruit is super healthy for you, and I'm a fan of fruit, it is still sugar. Yeah. So when it gets into your bloodstream, it does spike you. Slightly different, of course, than if you're having a muffin, but right. it does spike you. So if you can add in protein to that, have a little nuts, maybe a spoonful of almond butter, it's going to slow the spike. Okay. So that's another nice um, pairing of like a good option and mm-hmm. something that you can just keep in your bag. A banana, an apple, um, an orange you know, a baggie of nuts, something like that. Yeah. Um, hard-boiled eggs are great. That's always my go-to. Yeah. And yeah. that's, again, tons of protein. It's going to keep you full. Um, so those are some good options that you can do. Okay. The other thing I want to point out is, even though it's not food, is water. So Yes, thank you. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> water is one of the most underrated pieces of like nutrition advice that I like to give and that people don't always want to receive um, because, well, because it just seems like, oh, I know that already. Yeah, but no one does it. But no one does it. Yeah. And the thing about water that's so amazing is when we get hungry, so much of the time we're actually thirsty and our body's not telling us the right thing. So you reach for a snack, but all you actually needed was like a big glass of water. Also, if you are drinking enough throughout the day, which I'll tell you what that is in a second, my estimation anyway, yeah. if you're drinking enough throughout the day, that will also help curb any cravings or like additional need for tons of snacks or tons of food because that's it's keeping your hunger at bay. Yeah. Um, so my suggested amount, and this is what I try to do every day, I'm not perfect at this, but I try, is take your body weight and cut that number in half, mm-hmm. and that's how many ounces you want to drink per day. Mm, okay. So you should aim for that. It could be a little less. It certainly could be a little more. If you exercise a ton, it should definitely be more. Like if you're sweating a lot. Yeah. But around that average of a number. And I could almost exclusively guarantee that everyone, you know, listening and hearing this, if you look at that number, uh, that number and then try to, you know, tomorrow, see how much you normally drink, you're not even close. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean. And again, I'm not always perfect either. (laughs) This is not like a judgment on people. You heard it here first. (laughs) But it's Um, hard. It's really, because it's way more than you think you need. Totally. It's so challenging. I really... Like, if people are listening to this and they want to do that, tag us. Yeah. Because tag grown woman. And um, I'd love to see your water challenge for even just a week. Um, I try – it's hard when you're also very busy to drink a lot of water, but it just has to be like a second habit. Um, But it is – you can tell – when you need water, if you're if you've been drinking a lot of water throughout the day, and you go without for maybe like three hours mm-hmm. or four hours or something like that, your body is just like, oh, yeah. girl, I need to. <laughs> um, it's so true. It is really true. And have you seen? Um, I want to just uh, talk to you about how you've seen this play out with your clients. Mm. Um, what are some stories that you have? Uh, you know, confidentiality, of course, like yes. being a given. But what are some things that you've seen happen through working with your clients and 
I'm sure they've brought you just like immense joy just seeing these things play out. Yeah, it is amazing mm-hmm. to, to start with people. The very first thing I do with all new clients is we goal set. So we start off with like, why are you here? What are your goals? Where do you want to be in X amount of time? And then being able to look back at the end of our time together, or sometimes midway through, we'll take a look. It's amazing, the transformation. Mm-hmm. And, and again, a lot of it is just these small little changes, like water, for example, can make a humongous difference in your skin, in your energy, in curbing your cravings. Like one thing can change all, all of these other things. Yeah. Um, but some specifics, I have um, a couple of great stories. One is a woman, and this goes back to talking about the elimination diet. We did a really intense elimination for her. She came in with tons of achy joints and very overweight and just looking for a total overhaul. She had two kids. She had a full-time job, and it was a lot. So we do this elimination, and we start to bring the foods back, and we bring dairy back. And when I spoke to her, you know, after a couple days later, she was like, I had to lock myself in my room on Sunday after I brought dairy back because I had such an emotional reaction. She was like, I cried all day. I couldn't be around my kids. It was like so clear. And then everything sort of made sense to her that she was sort of being like a mean mommy. She didn't want to be, but she was. Wow. And it was crazy, right? And her kids were very bothersome to her um, leading up to this. And and then all of a sudden, this was like the nail in the coffin. And she's like, oh my God, it's dairy. Oh my God. It was insane. That was the most dramatic I've seen of anyone have a reaction, an emotional reaction to food and bringing it back. It was crazy. And so she's like, okay, like dairy's not for me, you know? And it's Mm -hmm. like when you have something happen to you that strongly, it's like she loves her kids. She wants to be a good mom. Now she realizes one of the hurdles was food that she was eating. Wow. And it was not reacting. Yeah. Um, but we also got her to lose like a ton of weight and she was feeling so good. And another, um, success story with her that I thought was really cool is in her office building, um, she worked on a pretty high floor, maybe like 18 or 19. And every day at lunch, there was a group of people that would walk up and down the stairs Mm. and they sort of did this challenge together during lunchtime. So when I first started working with her, she said, I really have like a goal. I want to do this, but I can't, I'm too overweight and I get winded too fast and I can't walk up and down stairs. So I said, well, instead of 18 floors, why don't you start with five? So she did, and she started with five. And then a couple weeks later, she went to seven, and then nine. And I remember the day she called me, and she was like, I did all of it. I went down 18 and up 18. And it was like, amazing. That is so cool. It was so cool. And it was like, it just took her, you know, because sometimes I think it's a good way to look at goals too, is that sometimes we set our goals way too high. Yeah. And it's like insurmountable. Like, I can't go 18 floors. I'm just not going to do the thing. Yeah. But instead... Just start small. Totally. And then start to build and build and build. And now, you know, she goes up and down those stairs like, no biggie. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like 18. Like, I could do 20. I could do 25. Like, it's just, you know, second nature for her now. Absolutely. And that is another reason why I started this podcast. Because those small successes are really what make a huge difference in people's lives. Mm -hmm. The moment you decided to switch your life to being a health and wellness coach after saying, after ignoring that and and then saying, okay, yes, that small decision made a huge impact in your life. The small thing you did to remove dairy from this woman's diet and then bring it back in, her being able to open herself to notice that change made a huge difference in her life. And those are that I mean those stories are amazing and it's so great that you can see those small changes and promote them and be aware of them Mm. Um, and I think that often we get intimidated by goals yeah does that happen with your clients where when you're talking to them 
everything just is too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like this insurmountable goal. Yeah. Or they set their goals to something that just feels like, all right, let's we got to rein it in a little mm-hmm. bit. Let's focus on you know the next few days, the next few weeks, instead of where you want to be in five years. Yeah. You know, and people will say, well, okay, I'm coming in and I want to lose forty pounds. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, whoa, like let's you know, <laughs> let's talk about that. You know, what happens? And and this is what I always say: what happens when you get there? Mm-hmm. Does it? Does your life change? What changes, right? And for some people, it's an enormous change. Like this woman in particular, like she lost just about that amount of weight and that was necessary for her body. Like she just wasn't functioning properly at her best. Other people have a stigma with the scale and they just want to sort of get to this one place. But it's the little stuff, the little changes, Mm -hmm. the daily stuff that we can just switch and tweak and create new habits, that's what's going to end up making the biggest impact. Totally. So I try to kind of, um, you know, talk to people about their goals in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes people come with like really manageable goals and that's awesome. And sometimes yeah. we can surpass them. And other times it's, we kind of have to rein it in to sort of, this is our time together and here's what we are going to try to accomplish. Um, but my goal is to get you then to, to have these healthy habits and then fly on your own. Exactly. And and one thing I adore about you is that you're such an incredible listener and you are so great at hearing people, being vulnerable with people. I remember the literally the first time I met with you, I was like, I love my curves. Like I'm a plus size woman and I was like, I love them, but I also love health and nutrition and I love learning about all of this stuff and I have my challenges, but um, A, B and C and you were like, great. That's awesome, girl. And you were just like such a great listener and I felt so comfortable talking to you. But I'm sure, I mean, all of us have, especially women, have these um, set standards that are imposed upon us when it comes to this particular area of health and wellness and our physical image. Um, And you are dealing with a very heavy subject matter. Not just in, you know, respect to people's image but also how they feel Mm -hmm. in general yeah and then you're on top of that I feel like there's this layer of food and food that is sourced well affordable Mm -hmm. um I work in the world of hunger and poverty and um we talk about that all the time and but going over to this image-based work that you're doing and um really helping people be best from the inside out I'm sure you have some really really intense conversations with people um, around that subject matter and I'm sure I mean I know I've gone through a roller coaster of emotions with my own self-image and my own um, self-confidence what how do you approach that like how do you uh, talk to people in this vulnerable way where you can also take care of yourself Yes. So you have to start with self-care and self-love. Yeah. And so with a lot of people, that is where we need to start because you have to realize all that's amazing and beautiful about you from the inside out. And that the way the society um, imposes these ridiculous um, images for us to, to try to emulate mm-hmm. is just, it's so sad because people get really fixated on that. And it's like, well, again, like, what do you, what happens when you get that number on the scale? Does your life immediately change? Like, no, right? Mm-hmm. Now, for someone like someone who's super overweight and you know can't walk up and down stairs, yes, their life changes because their inflammation and swelling goes down, right? But for the person who is so 
you know, convinced that they don't look beautiful, that's a completely different conversation. And so that's where we will often start is talking about all the amazing and beautiful things about you and the things that you have to grow to love about yourself. Um, because that is where this all starts. Like if you don't have confidence in yourself and believe in yourself and, and, and a belief in yourself, then what, you know, what, what's the point of all this, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think, have you ever had to turn away a client? Only, um, so there's really a, a subset of people that I don't think I'm qualified to work with. And that's people that have, um, like large eating disorders, which, yeah. you know, can obviously be part of the whole mental, um, piece too. And I don't have a degree in psychology and working with people either right. that, um, are anorexic or bulimic. So yes, um, mm-hmm. if somebody has come to me with, that and mm-hmm. I was not able to to work with them but in general like I am more about changing your lifestyle giving you small meaningful steps to change both your lifestyle and your nutritional habits and making your life easier because we're all busy right I always say like we don't have time and I'm doing quotes because like we all do <laughs> right but we say we don't yeah we say we don't have time and so how can I make that easier for you so you can get on this healthy path and stay on this healthy path and feel beautiful from the inside out because that's yeah. really what um, what it all comes down to and, and why this matters to me anyway. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important to have that balance. And, you know, um, something that I think is really interesting is like I, you know, Kale with a side of fries, I sort of played on that. So every Friday I post uh, a picture of French fries or some sort of fries yes, on my Instagram do. feed. And sometimes they're carrot fries or parsnip fries, but they're fries. And I've had multiple people <clears throat> come up to me and say, but you don't really eat fries. You don't eat them every week. You do. I've seen you eat Yes. Them. And, I, <laughs> and I do. And that's the thing. I think it's so hugely important to, to be like forgiving with yourself too. Mm-hmm. And that it's not a weakness that I eat French fries. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm making a choice that it's something that I want and that brings me joy. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes maybe eating a piece of cake will bring someone else joy right? Or a glass or two of wine will bring someone else joy. Definitely. Right? Same. (laughs) Um, But it's all about finding that balance so that you can feel confident and beautiful inside and out. I just love you. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) It's so true. Um, I feel like I could talk to you for literally two hours (laughs) about this and Mm. I feel like you should definitely come back and talk more. I would love to. I would love to talk to you more about just going down kind of that confidence and, and mm-hmm. everything. Um, but I know we're, we're almost out of time. Um, but I guess my final question would be for anyone looking to um, just amplify their health or even couple that with being an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. um, what is your biggest advice for people just starting out? So <clears throat> with your health, I would say don't do it all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing. I would say don't do it all at once. That if you try to cut a ton of food and drink lots of water and restrict and you know go on a crazy crash diet or whatever, um, well, don't do that anyway. But um, <laughs> it's not. It's just not going to work and it's going to shock your body and you're going to feel really isolated. And that's why this confidence conversation is really important actually and yeah. it goes so much deeper because you are going to feel, you know, a lot of people who try to change their he- healthy habits, um, they are isolated and they isolate themselves. So I would say try not to do that, but just try to take small little steps. If you can do like one thing a week 
Maybe this week you focus on water. Maybe next week you focus on uh, bringing more vegetables into your diet. You know, just little things each week. Yeah, that's great. Um, then that will help sort of set your body up more for success. Yeah. And I would say as an entrepreneur, um, again, not doing it all at once. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think just doing it. And that's exactly what I said to you a few weeks ago. And I, I tr- totally believe that. Mm-hmm. If you have a passion for something and you you know, you likely are the right person to do that. Like for me, people were coming to me about food and asking me questions about restaurants. And, you know, it just sort of like made sense. You know, I I just became sort of that person. Mm -hmm. So if you're thinking about starting something, it's likely that you are that person to other people. So, you know, just start somewhere, you know, figure out a way to monetize that. And don't be afraid of charging for that because Mm -hmm. your expertise is worth it. Yes. Um, and yeah, and I think as as a woman, that has always been a challenge for me is pricing. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of entrepreneurs run into that, um, but it's something I worked really hard on. And so I would say, you know, value yourself. Totally. Because, you know, and what people say is true that if you have a free service, people aren't going to value you or the work that you're giving them to do in the same way if it's free. But if they have to pay for something, they're going to be more committed and look to you as more of an expert that can really help them. That is great advice, and you gave me that advice as well, which is great. Um, you are a, you, you're just like a, you have so much knowledge, Tracy, and I am so, so grateful to have you on, and where can people find you? Yes, so I have a website, kalewithasideoffries.com, uh, but you'll find me most active on Instagram, which is also at kalewithasideoffries. So, you know, you'll certainly find fries on Fridays. Um, so definitely find me there if you're interested in doing different fry picks. But, um, but yeah, you'll get to check me out there. And, you know, I talk a little bit about my programs there as well. So if you're interested in, you know, talking more about this or wanting to learn more, you can reach out to me there. Yes, please do. Um, and what is your current program focus right now? What's the name? Yeah, so Burnout to Blazing Mm -hmm. is the program that actually just started a couple, or earlier this week. God, it's already (laughs) already been a week. I know, Um, it's crazy. Yes, I don't know where the time is going. But um, yes, so Burnout to Blazing is my six-week virtual coaching program. And as the name suggests, it's all about going from a state of burnout to a state of really feeling energized and blazing and feeling amazing. So it's obviously all about food as well and I give tons and tons of recipes but it really focuses on your energy levels and making sure that you can be as productive and as successful as you're meant to be amen yeah well thank you so much for being here you are amazing you have just such a wealth of knowledge and if you are interested in any of Tracy's programs we will link everything in the description for this episode and obviously when it's up you can go to our website and you can go to our um, social pages to find her information. Um, and please do go check her out because she's just amazing. Thank you so much, Tracy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I love course. you, Christina. I love you. <laughs>